0: indeed episode number 54 rasball fantasy basketball podcast Sun Edition I believe we took care of oh we're on the journey well this pod is a journey on many different levels uh it's a journey for fantasy hoops it's a journey of learning process of trying to become better fantasy players but it's also a journey for Joel and I uh you know figuring out the technological aspects of potting you know we had some echoing (laughs) stuff last week so now we got mics we got headphones um i don't know he says we're gucci now so you know we'll see what's going on joe Uh, yeah
1: we're by gucci i mean like we have solved (laughs) i believe we have solved last week's problem that does not mean that we have uh sort of immunized ourselves against future problems (laughs) but it does mean that i think that we have we have solved the the current echo issue Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to listen back to it and find
0: out. Yeah, it's always morphing. We always have to evolve and adapt, right? <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully it's all good. Um, let me uh, take care of business. Give shout-out to Thrive Fantasy. They are our sponsor. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of 20 available props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is is to hit. You hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 100,000 guaranteed prizes for the NBA season. Use uh, promo code RASBALL when you sign up today and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match of up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com sign up and prop up today uh, in terms of giving props let me give props to you joel um you had a very i think it was a therapeutic article for you <laughs> um yeah you know ridder of about your your head-to-head team rasball but i think there was a lot of good insight in there um you know i think you had a, you did a good job breaking it down and just kind of giving your thoughts and uh, lessons learned. So, yeah, uh, everyone, go check that out. You have any thoughts on uh, on that therapy article that you wrote? Or, uh, I mean,
1: yeah, I do have thoughts on it. Yeah. I I didn't want to write it, you know. I didn't want to. Write... So it was a it was a strange week, obviously with the holiday. I spent a lot of time not watching basketball, um, which was refreshing in its own way. Um, and so I was thinking about. Um, what I wanted to produce for the Monday column. And, um, you know, Kelter's been writing these Ball Writers League recaps. Um, and like just, there's been no mention of what my team is doing because my (laughs) team is dog shit. Um, and that sucks. Um, it's, it's been a, last year was a really successful year for me in a lot of leagues. I did well in the Raz Jam. I did well in the Writers League. That was something that I was really, uh, I was really proud of. I yeah. think that we've got some smart people that are are writing for us. And um, last year was kind of like a uh, test in whether or not I, I know what the fuck I'm doing here kind of deal. And with the positive results, I felt like, yeah, I know what I'm doing now. And then um, this summer I did that, that 30 deep startup with you. And I felt like my brain was like really engaged with basketball. And I felt like I knew – I knew the NBA better than any point in my entire life. And that was all I really needed to do. And I could show up again and everything would be great again. Um, yeah. And this like writer's league team has been really bad. And so because I hadn't been watching a lot of basketball and because I felt like I needed to produce something on Monday, I was like, well, what, what is something that I've been thinking about that I've been conscious of? Um, and this like writer's league team was just staring me in the face. of just like, you, <laughs> you think you know something. How come you're in 11th place, previously in 12th place? Um, and yeah, so I thought like, if this is a if this is a, a thing that we're doing of striving and trying to get better and trying to figure out ways that we can um, that we can sort of attain what we what our goals are as far as success as a fantasy basketball player. Um, it's not that I just like figured out everything last year. And that means everything is solved. Like, and really you could make the question of like, what did I figure out last year? Um, and so to investigate what went wrong with this or with this writers league team was a useful endeavor. Uh, because I think that I, there was some bad luck that came into play. Uh, there's also some just like really poor decisions that I made. Um, and a lot of the things that I did that led to me success last year were things that I did not replicate this year. And so, um, yeah, you know, if I'm going to be someone that people are going to be reading and listening to, um, you can't shy away from the things that you've done, you've done badly, so eventually I worked myself into a position of, like, uh, may, I, uh, initially I was going to throw in the towel on my, my Raz Jam team, which I think is premature. This Writers League team, I think, is bad. Um, and so, like, talk about how I've failed in this particular instance, because someone always finishes last, and um, no one wants to be that guy, and so... Hopefully there are things that I have learned from this that will prevent me from being in this position in the future. Uh, hopefully my my failures can uh, can lead to other successes because yeah, these were these were fairly common errors that I've made, I think. so uh, it wasn't fun, I guess, and you can make the argument that therapy never is, but uh, this is this is growth or this is an attempt at it. so uh, away we go, you know.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I I think that's, uh, you know, in terms of our, I don't know what the right word is, our, uh, I guess our foundation of this pod. uh, I think that's pretty much what it's going to be focused on, you know, like in a process, uh, strategy, just, you know, how to get better. Because, you know, the game, the matrix, the landscape, it's always evolving, always changing, right? There's always new things that you can learn. Uh, there's, you know, new insights. You know, it's just, it's going to be an all ongoing process. So I think that's going to be our, our main focus. And for better or for worse, um, you know, we are not the best fantasy players out there. You know, I think we both strive to. Um, and, you know, <laughs> last week, you know, I was telling you, I was, you know, take a lot of walks after, after our work and stuff like that and, you know, just doing a lot of thinking. And then this past week, you um, know, it's kind of like a lot of the thoughts were like, well, you know, the in anything in life, like you learn the most from mistakes, right? Like that's the only way that you can get better. And like, I mean, I, and then my brain just like branched off and went off into a whole like spectrum of things. Right. Because it's like, you know, um, you know, like trees, right? There's a reason why gardeners, they have to prune the trees, the branches, right? Yeah. Like the only way for a, tr- a tree to truly be healthy and to grow is to cut, you know, cut off branches, cut, you know, right? And then, and then, the you know, the rebirth, right? And then, you know, like, and this is, I don't know, maybe I have a fucking weird psycho, weirdo brain, but, you know, <laughs> you know, but like, you know, like capitalism, right? <laughs> like capitalism it's about basically allocation of resources and diverting, you know, resources to the proper place to make things more efficient or to provide innovation or things like that. Right. You know, like our current system is, you know, socializing losses, right. And capitalizing gains. And there's a lot of zombie companies. Right. And, and so like a lot of those companies, it's just a misallocation of resources. Right. And so, you know, a lot of these firms because they know that there's no risk they're able to just do shit and then there's no repercussions right but in most things in life like you know so so my like my whole thing when i think of stuff like that is like you know if the company or whatever was truly was like or ceo was like oh shit, if i fuck up then i'm toast right or my company's toast, or i'm out of a job right but most of these guys you know, they, they have no worries about that. So then they're going to be cavalier with money because they don't care. Right. Right. But, you know, if a company or CEO like truly was in a certain environment where, you know, if they fuck up, they die. Right. Then, I mean, imagine the efficiency, the innovation, right. The growth, right. That's how things get elevated. Like competition breeds innovation, right. Because you have to right, to be competitive and things like that. And so, (laughs) <laughs> i just went off a totally big change from trees I to capitalism know, to like whatever I never know where you're going it's, it's a wild ride i'm a fucking I'm a, I'm a fucking weirdo but um you know but basically like yeah Misty. so for a little bit you know last week i was you know getting a little down and things like that right because a lot of my results weren't where i wanted them to be but then i kind of took a step back and then you know i was like well you know, first off, the sample size is still pretty small, right? Like there's yeah. still a lot of season left to go. And, you know, for especially for your road, your head to head team, um, because just the the basic structure of head to head, like each week is a new week, right? And so yeah. man, there's a lot of weeks left and you don't know what's gonna happen, right? Yeah. Like you can find some dude off the waiver wire that breaks out or you just start grinding the wave of wire and just, you know, you get, you pick up a game or two here, you know, what, you know 10 rebounds here, five steals here, you know, you went ahead to head matchup. I mean, some guy, other teams, the teams might get hurt. Players might get hurt. Players sit, right? So, I mean, man, there's a lot of time. So I don't, I don't think you're drawn dead yet, right? In in your writer's league, right? Like there's still a lot of things that you can do. And obviously you probably have to get some, you know, lucky as well, right? But um, but that's the thing, you know, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, well, you know, sample size is still small. And even though like, I have a lot of shitty teams, like I was going through a lot of them and, you know, I felt like my process was okay. You know, obviously it wasn't great because we're, we keep talking about it. We keep talking about, you know, evolving our process and things like that, but, you know, going through a lot of, them, I'm like, man, you know, you know, granted, right. I did, you know, make some mistakes. I could have done better, but at the same time you know there are some injuries some guys aren't performing so it's not you know I'm not going to get completely down but now with that said um because you know I I did feel like I made a lot of progress right but if that result or if those things continue to kind of play out that the way are out then like it's okay right because then now like that's a growing experience. Like now I had to figure out, mm-hmm. right? Like, and kind of like how you broke down in your article, which was great, right? You figured out and you looked at certain things and you're like, you know, what can I glean from? What can I learn? How can I get better and things like that? The last part of it is, you know, like kind of what, you know, listening to you talk about the article and stuff like that was, you know, like, like the greatest players, like if you listen to their quotes, I mean, I mean, you know, they, they miss thousands of shots, you know, the famous Jordan quote, right? Or the Kobe quote, right? you know, there, you know, yeah, I've, I've made hundreds of game winners, but I've also missed thousands. Right. And, you know, sometimes like we get so focused on one side of the thing, or we tend to overlook one part or, you know, we don't understand, or we don't take into account like how much work or, you know, just other stuff that you kind of is not like right in your face. You know, we tend to overlook that, but you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, behind the scenes and, um, yeah <laughs> i i just can't believe I, i'm i'm gonna laugh when i listen <laughs> to this part again so i just went on the huge range but uh, i guess the basic point that I, uh you know i wanted to kind of make there was that um you know like i know you feel like you know you're drawing dead and that 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 team in particular is crap but mm-hmm. uh, like i don't i don't think so you know like because there is still a lot of time right and there are certain things that you can do right and you know maybe come all-star break right then right sample size is a lot bigger and then then at that point right like you know you'll probably see where you're at right because obviously at that point there's only a limited amount of weeks you could catch up wins and and stats and things like that so um so all right sorry sorry for that rant Joel. (laughs)
1: it's all good man no i and i you're right like there is plenty of time left i
0: think part of the reason why i'm so um
1: why I'm like laying down my burdens of like wanting, having these expectations of doing well again, is that like, um, I mean, like I had, I had a really bad uh, process error with drafting in an injured lamello ball. Oh. I remember you asked me explicitly, are you worried about his ankle injury? And I said, yeah. no, because right, yeah. why would I be injured, worried about his ankle injury? Um, and then, you know, uh, Cade getting hurt, I taking Cade Cunningham in the third round, you could have done a different thing. Obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't feel like that was an egregious mistake. What is worrisome to me, particularly with those two guys, is they're on teams that aren't good and aren't teams that are incentivized to be good. And so I'm worried just like you're never you're never gonna get A, you're never gonna get those like that first quarterback. That season is gone. Um and B like I am worried that like there's not going to be any real reason to play these guys at full throttle when and if they come back, you know, like if I'm the Pistons or frankly, if I'm the Hornets, like take whatever time you need guys, you know, yeah. <laughs> get healthy. We're going to try to get this enormous French teenager and uh, we'll try again <laughs> next year, you know? Uh, yeah. So that that's really the, the basis of my concern is that like, it's it, it's a big hole to get out of. It's a really big hole to get out of when your second and third round picks are sort of halfway out the door. But yeah. uh, there is a lot of time.
0: So, so like, in terms of what you've kind of learned from that experience, like, how how would you approach it going forward now? Are you going to kind of shy away from injured players or teams you, that, yeah, go ahead.
1: I think the the injured player thing was just, like, that's a thing that you shouldn't do. Like, especially with you know, ball turned his ankle like really close to the start of the season. It was, yeah. he played a lot of the preseason before he twisted it. Um, and so I think that, I think that there was, I, you know, I was buying a, I was already buying the ceiling, you know, taking him at like 15 or 16 or whatever, you know, yeah. that was, that was, uh, taking him at the top of market. And so to, to do that with him already being injured is really a foolish thing to do. Um, but, you know, I also think that another mistake was that I, um, you know, I I remember just talking with you about this and saying, like, I really feel like we're at a kind of an inflection point here at the NBA where, like, guys like Ball and Anthony Edwards and Cade Cunningham, like, they're Jason Tatum, like, they're, they're coming. Like, Tyrese Halliburton is there. He's yeah. that guy. And, like, how do you, how do you weight that against your – your stalwarts, your Lebrons and your Curries and whatever else, and I I really felt like we were we were starting to tip a little bit, and you could see it in ADP with right. like the way like where these guys are being drafted, and frankly like who was falling behind, and I think we just kind of jumped the gun on that, and I this is actually a thing that I I I thought that we would talk about mm-hmm. eventually, but I didn't think it would be this time, but I think part of the reason why people often get out in front of players is because we're bored, you know, <laughs> we're, we're looking for the next breakout. We're looking for, we're looking beyond the horizon, trying to figure out what, who the next Steph Curry will be before Steph Curry has exited the stage, you know, and like with the longevity that these, these really elite players have now, you've seen LeBron play at a high level into his middle thirties, you know, you're seeing Steph play well as a 34, 35 year old guy, you know, you you want to you know you know everything there is to know about steph curry at this point it's just it's now a question of like how long will it hold up and um you feel a little bit of anxiety about you don't want to be the last guy holding the bag here and so you're more inclined to 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 gamble on the player that's about to make the leap and also like you look smart and you feel good when you you correctly identify who that player is going to be but i i do think like it's there's a little bit of a bias that's built in because like, you know, you're not reading preseason articles about like, wow, Steph Curry is still fantastic at basketball, <laughs> right, right. You know, like it it that doesn't that doesn't get your attention or it doesn't get the, the blood flowing like when you hear Tyrese you go like, I'm gonna be a twenty and ten player this year. And you're like, Hell yeah, Ty, let's do it, man. Um and so I, I think that might be a a, a bit of a, a challenge that we have gotta overcome. As people that are thinking about fantasy sports or thinking about like where where the game is going and how you want to allocate your resources, like you know, that's the Racco rule. Once again, we're invoking yeah. it of just like, you know, Drew Holiday is a really good player <laughs> for a lot of reasons. And yeah. one of them is just like he's consistently gonna give you a 1.6 deals yeah. for a decade, you know, and just like book it, man. That's who he is. Um, so yeah, that that that's a thing that I feel like we've got to eye i'm doing the second person communal thing i need to start like being a little bit more having a longer view on things and you know i get excited about aj griffin too but like the time it's going to take for aj griffin to become a guy that's really going to help you win it's years from now you know at the at the best it's years from now
0: yeah for sure i think um yeah, I think you, you hit it, you know, on the head. Uh, it's, it's probably a combination of boredom, uh, but also, you know, the unknown, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. we fear the unknown, but sometimes the unknown, you know, is limitless ceiling, right? And I think you made a good yeah. point in terms of like, you know, you know, being the first one on board type of thing. I think that kind of ties into human emotion of like, you know, FOMO. Right, fear of missing out and stuff like that right um and yeah i just think that we get so excited with uh when something is unknown then you can use your imagination to kind of build narratives or to be creative and imaginative of projecting scenarios right right because mm-hmm. hey who, who, like who can deny it right it's in your brain it hasn't happened there's no reality so your perception has
1: not happened yeah
0: exactly yeah like your perception is your reality right and um i think sometimes that's um the danger of kind of like the fantasy bubble at times you know like once something gets a hold it just takes on a life of its own and then right Mm -hmm. the hype machine goes and uh right just everybody kind of just you know i mean it's it's really just like trading you know like the sheep flock, right? And then fear of missing out and the emotion and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like like I've you know, i traded for decades on my own, but yet still, you know, sometimes like I, I fall into it too, right? And uh, that's just, you know, human nature, right? It, it's it's very tough. Um, yeah, I definitely have to get into it, you know, get better with that as well. You yeah, know, I think the Kate Cunningham, I don't think it was that egregious.
1: Um, no, me neither. Yeah,
0: maybe the price. You know, I, I think Rocco, you know, in his little tweet thread, you know, he's just kind of like, yeah, the hype did get a little out of control. But I think there were a lot of good things there. Um, it's just bad luck, right? He got injured. Um, the Lamella one is, that's a tougher one because, the, yeah, injured, but it wasn't like a significant injury. But yet, right, that's something, an injury that could linger. You know, right? there was a little bit bad luck that, you know, he, whatever, the guy on the um courtside seats right so that's a little bad luck there yeah. but um i mean that's a that's a much tougher situation too because the discount wasn't that right he didn't fall too too high too high too low uh there was a little bit so um you know so like when i think about like that it's kind of like compare that to like a jaron jackson jr where that price fell pretty you know pretty significant yeah. right and um and i feel like a dummy because i kind of you know basically took him off my board because i thought he would be much later but man he's already you know i mean he's not even playing 30 minutes a game and he's already you know going crazy right so um you know that's a tough one but i think when i think about the two situations it's like that draft costs you know you were getting a pretty good discount whereas like a lamello situation um you know he wasn't going that cheap and then I think you know the point that you made about your second and third round picks. Uh, you know, I think it ties into the Rocco, you know, you know, philosophy as well. Like safety, right? Foundation, yeah. Right? Like games played, like totals, like they matter a lot, right? Like the per game is so sexy, right? And you know, like this takes me to like Kawhi Leonard, right? Like when I was mm-hmm. doing his projections, I mean. I nuked him a lot too with the games played because I was like, all right, let you know, I think I put him at like 40 games or something like that, right? But, you know, my thing is like, you know, he's had over a year, almost two, a year and a half off. So, you know, his body should be good. You know, they are all the best shape in my life, you know, articles. You know, he put on a lot of muscle. Like, like, so a lot of things, you know, the boxes were checked there, right? But even when I nuked his games play, totals projection stuff, stuff like that, he was still coming out crazy high in per game. But, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. basically like top, he was like a first rounder. And then I was like, okay, well, yeah, two round discount, that seems pretty fair. right? <laughs> right? But it's like, sure. you know, but now like thinking about it, I'm like, man, you know, maybe in that scenario, you got to just, just to be safe, you got to put another two discount, right? So, you know, I think there's a big difference between a third rounder and a fifth rounder. If your third rounder goes down, like yeah, you, I mean it's not the end of the world, but that's much different than your fifth rounder going down. You know, it's, it's much easier to kind of come back from that. So, um, yeah, no, that's it's uh it's good stuff. All right, hold on, there was some stats uh that kind of you know caught my eye. I just felt like it kind of kind of funny. Um, Golden State, the Warriors. I mean, they're a bunch of hackers. Leading the league in, the, <laughs> in foul rate, whereas Miami they're the most disciplined when it comes to fouling. Toronto, I mean, this is no surprise. They're causing the most turnovers. Well, interestingly, Boston, yeah. Boston's causing the fewest, which which was very surprising to me. Uh, OKC they allow the most second chance points. Uh, Cleveland uh, tied for the fewest with Sacramento. This, I mean, Cleveland I get the Sacramento is that was very interesting to me. Uh, Charlotte, they allow the fewest fast break points. All Hill, Steve Clifford, because last year, yeah. uh, Charlotte, they were 24th, right? So, uh, you know, coaching matters, uh, philosophy and stuff like that. Milwaukee allowing the fewest points in the paint, while Utah allows the most. Detroit, um, highest unassisted two points. So a lot of ISO when they're scoring. Golden State, not surprisingly, the most assisted. Cleveland, the highest unassisted three-pointers. The Spurs with the most assisted. Brooklyn. this one was very interesting to me they've held the opponents to the lowest field goal percentage which is pretty shocking to me and I remember Agreed. one of our right one of our early pods this season you know, we were talking about you know the Brooklyn defense and things like that so um and you know they didn't even have to get Ime Uduka for that well what do you know <laughs> that's right <laughs> San, you were on that. San Antonio uh they allow the, the highest field goal uh in terms of the three-point percentage Philly's the lowest or so or they're the best uh, San Antonio, they're the highest, so basically stream all your guys against the Spurs, that's that's the lesson learned here um,
1: the Spurs are
0: so bad
1: <laughs> they're so bad on offense, they're so bad on defense,
0: <laughs> they're they're
1: pulling off a very convincing tank yes,
0: for Vic. yes it's uh, go Vic go Vic um, alright we, there were so, you know, process and you know, I think the last three we've been pretty focused on that um, and i mean i've been doing a lot of thinking about it uh and so i reread uh an old interview uh i don't know if you guys know but that, uh, vlad sadler he's like basically the goat of uh, fantasy baseball does very well in fantasy football too uh he did an interview with this guy named casey cha who's a nfbc hall of famer for baseball and so i think this interview was like two years ago and the it, I guess the embarrassing thing (laughs) kind of was that, you know, I've read this like a few times. uh, And then when I read it again last night, like there were things that kind of hit harder, you know, for me. And I don't know, I guess it goes to all things. You know, whenever you read stuff, like sometimes you have to, every time you read it, you know, each time you see something different or something hits a little harder sometimes, but anyways, it's a little embarrassing because like, you know, I mean, you know, the process is all there. He lays out the process. And like a lot of times, like, you know, I was just thinking about this last, last night after I read it, it was like, a lot of times like I'll read stuff and then whether I'll forget it or I'll overlook it, right? Or it doesn't hit as hard, which is kind of silly because a lot of times, like a lot of my focus, especially recently has been like process, how to get better, right? And I obviously, mm-hmm. I obviously read this article many years ago with the intent of how do I become a better player, right? But, you know, I mean, I, I mean, obviously I didn't take it all in, right? I didn't incorporate it really into my process, which is a little embarrassing, but whatever. I mean, you know, it, you know it, it's, it's hitting me now, right? So that's, you know, in a way that's all that matters, right? But, um, but basically, you know, Casey Cha, I mean, he doesn't do his own projections, but, you know, he spends a lot of time, you know, evaluating the players, uh, he talked about like a bottom-up approach, whereas like kind of looking at like which guys he would feel most comfortable at a particular position, and then he goes up from there. And I think that kind of you know gives you a lay of like you know tiering and uh, how deep a position is and things like that. Um, he x's out players, which was really cool to me um, because it's just really not only make you more focused but i think but that that process of xing out players it makes you dive deeper into players because right i mean you got to be pretty sure that you don't want this guy in your pool right and so yeah so the guys that you want like you better fucking make sure that like you know you're doing the right thing here so i i really like that um uh, one of the things that hit me the hardest though was like You know, he has his guys, right? So he basically just goes into a draft with one sheet, right? And just has his guys, whatever. And the scenario that he played out was like, so say I have three guys in the queue, and then those three guys are gone. Most people, he's saying, like they will take or they'll be inclined to take the value of the players that fell to him him at that spot. But he's like, no, fuck that. I don't care, right? I'm taking the next guy that I want. And like man, I love that, you know. Yeah. I fucking love that, you know. And um, not only do I love that process, but then it also kind of ties into before because like, it 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 forces you because that step before you get to there, it really forces you to hone in on which players that you want, right? And mm-hmm. then the players that you don't want, like yeah, you gotta deep, you know dive deep into them to you know. To, so yeah, I really love that. And then you know he was you know always about like and this is you know a common thing with most of the you know the top guys i guess you know, just information right just getting as much information and things like that and i think the thing that i learned this from wong too right um you know because well okay, before i get into that but back in the day for me information i guess i didn't really have guidance on it to way mm-hmm. i was like I just didn't know where to start or where to go so for me information i was kind of like oh you know whatever roto world or i'll read other fantasy analysts on what how they view stuff but i i realized that's that's probably not the right way to do it at least for me i guess um because when you're reading other people's i guess perspective and, you know, it's not to denigrate them, it's just that's their perspective, right? But then sometimes, you know, you may get attached to another perspective or, um, you know, because like they obviously are looking at their own research, their own stuff. Well, they have a reason for talking about a certain player or talking about a certain thing, right? And so, you know, that's not your, your basis, your foundation right like you're getting something you know that's been kind of filtered through somebody else's whatever process and then there's also the danger of you know groupthink right because one person hears Mm -hmm. one thing from another and then you know they're like oh shit, yeah that makes sense and then they they extrapolate and then they they take that and then it takes on a life of its own and so you know back in the day you know i I didn't really i guess understand it but i think i have a clear idea and so like that part of the process is pretty clear to me now like and that's why I tried not to uh, read or listen to as much fantasy stuff now. So for me, I think it's more about just the, the NSA example, right? Just give me all the fucking information, right? And just, and so yeah. now I think I have a better idea of how to filter it. And, you know, and what Casey Chow was saying was like, you know, it's not, I don't want the information about, you know, who, you know, this guy's a a sleeper or this guy's right, you know, could break out for him. He wants the little nuggets of the GM, you know, whatever, talking about him or the coach is saying, you know, this player made this uh, like an approach change or right. Change his stance or, you know, it's like something like and, you know, I thought about it. I was like, that makes a lot of fucking sense. Right. And like, you know, when, especially this past summer when I started to just kind of just, you know, more information, I had a little better, clearer idea. Just let me just bring in all the information and then filter it. And so like, that kind of like correlates to like the bubble thing. Right. And you know, the only reason I picked him up on Fad was because, you know, like articles I was reading, right. You know, you know, Terrence Ross is like, this guy's a fucking, like he's a, he's, he's a giant, he's crazy. Like he's unbelievable. Right. And, you know, and then the coaches are like, you know, whatever, they had the lineups. I mean, we've already talked about all this stuff. But for me, I think, you know, it's like, I wasn't confident enough in my process to actually to draft him. Right? Yeah. So, you know, okay, like yeah, I'll give myself credit for taking, you know, whatever, picking him off fad. But like, if I was, so like, I want to get to that level, right? So I'm sure Casey Charles, like, Boom, like that antennas go up you know right, and then that's probably like his guy, and then he writes them, and then end of the draft, I'm taking that fucking guy my last pick, right yep. and like that that's where I want to get to, and like I feel like, yeah, like now you know actually going through it and experiencing it, like I feel definitely a lot more confident with that and so in terms of like information, like uh I think I understand it better um yeah so yeah we'll see all right so sorry for that that rant let me hear your thoughts on on any of that man i
1: i mean i think that's where i want to get to as well um you know i i think that i think that from where we are um it makes it makes sense from where i'm from where i started to where i am now it makes sense because i i feel like I didn't really know. I didn't really know fantasy basketball. I came to fantasy basketball having a fantasy baseball experience. Um, interested in playing the game. I sucked for a while. I started reading Raswell. I got better. I stepped into the Res Jam. I got my shit handed to me. Learned some things. I got better. Um, and then this this like thirty deep draft this summer was a really. I don't think I understood the gravity of that experience until. Uh, until now because it really made me evaluate every player in the pool, yeah. which is not something that I'd ever done before, which is really like it speaks to the idea of like being able to pick your guy, you know, like, and obviously because there's salary components to it, there's a lot of different like layers that you can put onto this. But, you know, like, like, so in that Writers League, I drafted Jamal Murray and I traded him because I was worried about my score, my scoring, and in that thirty deep team, I drafted Jamal Murray, and I'm not gonna fucking trade him because I think <laughs> he's a because I think he's a good basketball player. You know, like the the particular uh, statistics or projections or how it all fits together or whatever sort of matters less in that. It mattered less to me in that uh, thirty team format because I was just trying to get ball players. You know, I was just trying to get guys that I think are either talented or in good spots or, I, you know, hopefully both. And I think that that is much closer to that idea that you were talking about of being able to X out players or being able to go, like, this is, this is how I view this position or this player. Um, and then when I do these, you know, these redrafts or I do, you know, more standard conventional drafts, I find myself leaning on projections more and – I think it's to my detriment, you know, like, like I'm thinking about some of the dumb things that I did in redrafts in like the writer's league or whatever. We don't have to recap those. Like you can just read the piece about the dumb things that I did. <laughs> but I also remember, you know, I remember during the Raz Jam draft, which is a slow draft, which I now have come to really appreciate because I can really sit with a choice and a decision and sit in the fourth round and I was looking at, Desmond Bain and Terry Rozier and De'Aaron Fox. And I moved Bain off for whatever reason. I was like toggling back and forth with uh, Rozier and Fox. And I was looking at the numbers that your projections, I was like keying it into the, the team tracker and seeing how, how all the pieces fit together. And I was worried about steals. And your numbers had Terry Rozier having better steals this year than DeAaron Fox and I I just didn't believe that, you know? Like I've just I've, I've I've seen I've seen these guys play enough basketball and I I sort of understand who these guys are enough as basketball players to like I think that DeAaron Fox is more likely to have a higher steal rate than Terry Rozier this year and it I went against the number and it's works, you know? Like my my understanding of like I think Terry Rozier coming into this year was a very good buy. I think that he's a, a very useful fantasy player, but I think De'Aaron Fox can be a star, and I think he like showed that star turn in the last you know couple of months of of last season, and that's where that was the bet that I made, and that's that's the benefit that's coming now it's like yeah he's he's really that guy, and that if I was just looking at the numbers, those two players were really close. And I could have fallen into the the trap of believing the projections as opposed to believing like what I think I know about these players. And you know, like I don't have a I don't have a real like off season process yet. I don't have like a way of getting prepared for the season, other than like thinking and reading and listening to podcasts and whatever. But there's no like systemic or systematic process that's going on. And so when I find myself in these kinds of positions, it's just like, what do I believe is true about this player and i feel like more often than not when i'm i'm getting these conflicting signals from projections like that my my own intuition my own understanding of basketball my understanding of like fantasy basketball also is valuable you know and because because there are no like formulas that are going into that, or because there's no like number crunching that goes into that, I would often be like dismissive of it. Because like, what do I know? I'm just a, I'm just a guy. Um, but it turns out like I I do know something. Yeah. You know, there are some reasons for why I think what I think. Um, there are some reasons why I believe that Fox should have more steals than Razier. and sometimes that's right. You know, it. So I, I I find myself falling into the trap of of other people's projections, other people's numbers, other people's opinions. And I love what you were talking about with the way that Cha does that. It was like, figure it out yourself, you know, like build your own stuff, avoid group, group, uh, don't fall into the, the, the Jalen Smith honeypot, which I definitely (laughs) did. Although like, I I think I kind of came to that on my own too, but, um, I just, I feel like, I feel like it's a, a, Probably a more, I want to say like a more honest, but I don't think that's actually the right word, but like a more honest way of playing this game of like, what do you think? You know, like build your team, do it your way. And like I said, the 30 team, yeah, the 30 team draft sort of liberated me from a lot of like, I'm not building, I don't have a build in mind. I don't have like all these other like things that factor in when I'm doing these drafts. It's just like, hey, so you got the player pool. You've got an X amount of dollars fill out a roster that you think can win. And, um, you know, like it's, I'm not in, the, in first place in that league. I'm not in the top uh, 10 of that league, but I like that team a lot. And I think that the things that went into my decisions that helped produce that team are still valid. You know, like I'm adjusting and we're, we're making moves or doing whatever, but you know, like I really love that team because it's mine, you know, because I, I think John Collins is good because I think, Jamal Murray is good because I think Scotty Barnes is good. Yeah. Um, and that would be really satisfying if that, comes, if that comes true, you know? And so, yeah, I think, like, if you can take more ownership of how you put together a team and why, and you can really back that up with your own, oh, my God, this is, this is not going to be like a an anti-vaxxer, but if you can do your <laughs> own research, um, you know, at least you'll be living with a team that, you know, like, you came to honestly and you didn't, end up drafting the wrong guy because someone else's sheet said that you would score more points than the other person you were thinking about, even though that other person is really the guy you wanted all along and believed in, you know, that's a shitty way to to do a hobby of like listening to someone else when you're, when you're building a thing that's supposed to be yours.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, man, I have so many thoughts in, in response to that. Like you've triggered a lot of the neurons, uh, the synapses are going crazy in my brain right now. The first one is um you know a lot of guys like they'll comment uh and you know they'll like ask my opinion you know like who should i pick up you know whatever you know whatever player x player y things like that and um you know obviously a lot of times it just it just depends on context right and ultimately comes down like i'll give them my thoughts and sometimes i'll be like yeah you know whatever i I would do this whatever but at the end of the day i'm like man Yo, just go with your gut, man. Because it usually knows, right? It usually does. Um, so that takes me to my other thought is like, uh, like the market, sorry. I mean, the market has been such a big part of my life. So it's just, to me, that's just very relatable. But, um, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, people would ask me about like, you know, a stock or whatever, like invested. Right? And so, you know, I'll be like, well, I mean, I can tell you where my thoughts are at and like my macro view of things and and stuff like that. But like, I'm not going to tell you to buy XYZ or do this because I mean, first of all, you know, how much money do you have? You know, our Our capital is going to be different, right? Like our situations are going to be different. Our risk profiles are going to be different, right? Like what's your emotional, like, you know your emotional stance are you able to take whatever 10 percent drawdown right or, or are you going to be like cause some people are so focused on every tick every minute right so like where are you at mentally what's your time horizon like what's your right just there's so much so many variables that are just so different like and our like just even from a standard our personalities that we're different people like we look at the world differently yeah. like you know we look at the world differently so like how, am I, like, how is my stuff, my experience, with, like, how is that going to be translatable to you? Like, cause, and I think that comes down to like motivation, right? Because most people, they don't want to put in the work. They just want the easy way, the easy money, the easy win, right? But yeah. that, that, that fucking doesn't work over the long term, right? And then, you know, like those are the people that will be like, oh, well, you fucking told me to get this guy and then he got hurt or, you know, he sucks and it's all you, you know, all you, like, yeah, dude, yeah, you're a fucking douchebag, right? Like, um right? like do your like you know do your research right whatever but um but you know I I think the perfect example of this is like you know long long time so this was like dot com here so this is one like you know things were going crazy so you know I basically I probably shouldn't be saying this right but anyways you know I had some sort of like information right and so you know I told like my buddies yeah. You know, you should probably get into this, right? And so I guess they yeah. all pulled their money and stuff Good friends. yeah, they you know they pulled their money, and, you know, they went and they did it. but you know the what ended up happening was you know the shit tanked in the beginning, right? because you know, there's lockup periods and just a, a lot of stuff that like from a micro perspective, it makes sense. but like if you don't know any of that stuff, you know, like you're freaking out, you're like, what the fuck, right? And, you know, yeah. so, I, you know, like, I never told them, like, anything. I just said, yeah, probably a good idea to buy it, right? Without, you know, Time Horizon and stuff like that. But, like, so, anyways, the dude that was handling, you know, like, the pool of money, like, he started fucking freaking out, right? And then he sold it. And then everybody blamed me, right? And I was like, Aww. you fucking asshole, right? Like, you know, like, and, but, but that's the thing, right? Because, like, he didn't know like the reason, like, I didn't tell them the reason for the, for, for getting the trade and, you know, that's probably my bad, but anyways, but like, my point is, it's like, like they, my reason for being in the trade was completely different from theirs. And because of that, they weren't able to manage it well, right. They weren't able to like deal with anything. Right. And so, you know, because they were so focused on, Oh, quick buck, quick buck. Right? Like they overlook everything else, right? So um yeah, so I mean that just that just took me on this whole little thing. I was gonna say some more shit, but I forgot. So <laughs> all right. <laughs> no worries, man. I mean,
1: yeah, I uh, the other I guess the thing that sort of sparked on mine is like um, you know, for the most part, people aren't playing Fantasy basketball for their livelihood. Like that's a big difference between True. what we're talking about and and what you were doing as someone who was, you know, working in markets or whatever. And so, you know, like you can listen to people that are experts. You can listen to people that have followings. You can listen to people that are successful a lot, and you try to replicate it, you know, and because you want to win too. And and I'm I'm coming around on the idea of just like wouldn't you rather win with your guys rather than like drafting Josh Lloyd's all-star team, right. you know, like I, and I understand, like, I understand the appeal of doing that second path because like, you know, that was sort of what I was doing that when I was first finding success in this. It's like, well, I, son said to pick him up and like, he's good. So I'm going to win because I'm, because I'm reading son and no one else is. Um But now that I'm in this space where I feel like, you know, I'm competing against you, I'm competing against these people that, um, are sources of information for me, or people that I that I respect and listen to. Like, I feel like I want to take more ownership of how I do things, because it will be more, it will just be so much more rewarding if you're, if you do it yourself. You figure out, you know, what you're talking about with job. You can I, if you can ID your own guys and throw lines through the people that you don't want, and you're right and you win. What more validation would you want like that seems to me like the 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 best way
0: to win you know you know the the thought immediately comes to my mind is uh, i remember the pod i did with jenicky and you know he was mm-hmm. like yo i don't care like if people listen to what i'm saying because i know that 90 percent are gonna you know do the work to do it right and it's so fucking true you know and then you know, like I was able to see some of the stuff that he was doing, the work that he puts in. I mean, man, I mean he, you know, he's like you know that's why he's you know doing well, right? You know, th- like that's why Wong is doing well. Like, you know, Rocco. That's why Rock. Like, man, the amount of work Rocco puts in is fucking insane, insane, right? And you know that's why he's he's winning, right? And and it, it ties into our combo of like, you know, everybody you know has their own personality right they have their own perspective their Mm -hmm. own style and like so just using those three guys as an example I'm going to bring Turner into this too because Turner's doing very well and I love him because you know he incorporated the Sean Siegel and he's going off the wall you know he's going anti, you know fragile and doing stuff and trying to get an edge that way so he's thinking on his own but that's his own perspective his own thought and so anyways those four guys like you know they all have different styles Right. Different personalities. They all focus on different things. You know, like Rocco is definitely more analytical, you know, numbers and, and things like that, right? And I don't, you know, not everybody can do that. Not everybody has the patience to type in all the numbers, right? You know, for their benchmarks, right? You know, like most people don't want to do that, right? And they're not willing to do it, and they don't want to. They don't. They don't. They hate that shit, right? But Rocco loves it. Like that's yeah. and that's his thing, right? And that's what gives him an edge you know um you know like Wong and Jeniki I think Jeniki more you know he's willing to do that stuff too but you know I think those guys are more you know upside and um kind of like not being slaves to the projections right but Mm -hmm. um kind of looking looking more um I don't even know the word but I guess looking more at like the player and, and, and situation and upside like what's his ceiling type of thing so You know, Mm -hmm. and so but not everybody's able to do that, right? Um, you know, Turner's like, yo, I've identified my strengths and weaknesses from past drafts and I know what works for me and what not, and I'm gonna fucking do you know, I'm gonna go with my strengths (laughs) and right, try to leave it and that's fucking brilliant, right? But not everybody has that mindset, right? And so and that's why, you know, the, the, the cookie cutter, you know like way of strategy. And like you said, the Lloyd all-star team doesn't work for any, everybody because you know, and I've seen some of Lloyd's responses to people, you know, he's basically like, yo, it, it's your fucking team and you can do whatever you want with it. Right. This is my perspective on a player. Yeah. Right. This is my perspective, And you know, some people, they get mad at him because like, Oh, whatever you recommend it. He said, yo, shut the fuck up. Right. Like that's my perspective. Right. <laughs> if you thought differently, then right then do the other way Why'd you ask me yeah (laughs) right you know what i'm saying so um you know so yeah uh it's just that some people are funny (laughs) (laughs) there's just they're they're, they're pretty funny but um um, i wanted to say something and i think uh it's kind of like along the lines okay so projections um and i think my whole process or my my journey getting to the projections part was because i realized a long time ago um i didn't really know how to value players and like you mm-hmm. know it was going to the thing like yeah I, I can read you know i would read all these other guys it was back to the information thing right i wasn't just bringing in every information and filtering it out properly but i was reading other people and going off their viewpoints and stuff like that but i realized i I didn't want to do that right so but i didn't know how to value players right so i i needed i guess i needed some sort of crutch in the beginning and i wanted some sort Mm -hmm. of like quantitative like a number right i put in information it spits out something it gives me a key whatever so then that's why i kind of went under like to that that kind of journey to try to do projection because I wanted some sort of like quantitative number to kind of give me an idea. Um, And Mm -hmm. obviously, I know, like, you know, I know, there's a lot of work, I can get better at that. But I think where I'm at right now, like, I think I have a better understanding of, you know, value and just, you know, whatever value in players and projecting players. But I think the danger that I've been, I've recently been kind of like identifying is like, yeah, you know and i talked to jenny about this too a little bit but, but like becoming slaves to your projections and that that example that you said earlier right the terry rozier versus De'Aaron fox the slate you know the the steals thing um if you strictly go by the numbers right but then you know there's you know there's always things that like affect like there's other variables that can you know affect those numbers or to swing the pendulum one way or the other right And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I was kind of thinking like, yeah, like, so for a while, I was like, and I asked you like, oh man, should I stop doing projections? Right. And, and I thought about it and I was like, no, I think I'll keep doing it. Right. And I think I'll keep trying to get better at it, but I think my perspective on utilizing it now is more as a tool rather than as like the Bible of my value. Yeah, right. And so now I kind of, yeah. I just want to use it. So the way that I'm looking at it now is like, I'm going to do my projections. And you know, whatever, incorporate the new things that I'm doing, use it as a baseline. And then from there, I can tweak it to the rankings and incorporating other variables that I feel like are important and things like that and do it like that. Whereas um, but I, I, I do think it was kind of a, a useful process, because, you know, now For it sure. kind of gave me some sort of base, right. But then now, in order for my wings to fly, I need to not use it as a crutch. I need to use it as just a tool. And then mm-hmm. from there, take it to that to that next level, I think. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll see. I don't know.
1: I mean, the good news, too, though, is like as far as I know, you learn projections from Rudy. I'm like, that seems like a good guy to, to be getting your quants from, you know, like
0: a, l- you- a little bit. The old, oh, okay. He, his shit is on just a different level and like he's trying to teach okay. me some other stuff like even simple stuff like you know updating the SQL shit <laughs> I just keep forgetting the equations and stuff like that so <laughs> so for me like he's, a, he's on a different level and like um,
1: yeah
0: but I did try to copy and replicate certain things that he was doing but I wasn't I'm not I'm not you know on a, on that level and I'm probably not smart enough to kind of like do exactly what he's doing cuz I just think he's just on a different level right and obviously like I could probably sure. put in work and do it but I just haven't had the motivation or haven't you know actually done it so for me yeah I was the the main thing was basically like um the war room like his war room for baseball um man like that's been it's, money. it's been awesome right yeah it's it's money And so I wanted something like that for basketball. Um, And so like that's, that's, you know, why I tried, uh, you know, to do the projections and stuff like that too, like to kind of have something similar to that. So I tried to work on something and, and then, you know, I mean, the universe is, is a fucking dope, right? Because like once I went on that journey, right, then, um, you know, I saw. I saw Wong and Jeniki's stuff, and they already did it, you know? They did that shit, like, years, years ago, right? And I was, my mind was blown. I was like, oh, my God, right? And so then, you know, I was able to meet them, and then, and, and, you know, the funny thing is, is I had somebody reverse engineer, right? Wong's thing, right? And then I talked to Jeniki, I met, you know, I started talking to Jeniki after that, and then I was like, I showed him that and Jenny was like, yo, this looks really familiar. It's like, I, I did this. <laughs> I made it. And then, right? And then, right? So like the world, like it's a small world, right? It's just funny how shit works out like that, right? Like, so, you know, once you start going down a path of journey, right? Like some the universe usually provides, right? Whether it be people or information or, you know, whatever it might be. It's just, it's just pretty crazy. Um, and, you know, and, and I know like, you know we've had conversations offline you know about stuff like that like like yeah man you're you're on this path you're on this journey too um i don't know when it's gonna happen but i know certain things are going to come you know for you i you know i just i don't know when i don't know what but i know just at least from my experience that that's how it's been so i don't know we'll see yeah um all right man i've, I've been doing a lot of rambling today <laughs> i mean you know these um <laughs> I swear to we I don't know how many listeners
1: we have to however many listeners we have, there is a plan to all of these things before we get started i, I we could share the document online to prove it, but like, yeah, you know it's been an hour now, and like we haven't talked about Ben Simmons yet frankly, I think that's fine uh he's hurt again, which sucks I, re- I really didn't want that to be true for him well, but uh
0: all right. i I do need to to break down my my Ben Simmons thing. Um, go ahead. I, yeah, I, yeah I, want you, I want you to get this yeah, off. I know that you were really yeah, excited. Yeah. About I'm, I was super excited about it. I wrote it in my, my recap. And like, uh, you know, so everyone knows, you know, he used to go with, you know, Kendall Jenner. Then they broke up, right? And then, right? And then his career went into the tank, right? Got injured, right? Just all sorts of mental issues and things like that, right? He got, uh, you know, engaged early this year, got broken up. August, right? Kendall Jenner went on to with Devin Booker, been with him for a few years, right? I mean, you know, they broke up pretty recently, but in November, right? First 10 games of this season, Ben Simmons, 26.6 minutes, 5.8 points, 6.1 rebounds, 5.6 assists, 1.1 steals, 0.5 block shooting, 48% from the field, 47% free throw shooting. Now, one can say, returning from injury, new teammates, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, that's probably that's probably the reason for it. <laughs> but since November 17th, bear in mind, I just said that Kendall Jenner, Devin Booker, they split in November. We don't know the exact date. Mm-hmm. We don't know the exact date. And, you know, usually it takes some time, right, to, to kind of go back to, right? So, but anyways, November 17th, since that date, Ben Simmons... 33.3 minutes, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 6.7 assists, 1.7 steals, 1.2 blocks, 80% field goal, 62% free throw. Yo, come on, man. You know, you see somebody, they got that glow in the morning. I mean, this is <laughs> this is it. This is the NBA glow right there, right? So, I just want, you know, when the TMZ report comes out that Ben Simmons and Kendall Jenner are back together, I want everyone to give me props. All right. All right. <laughs> This is the this is so, the hard hitting analysis that you get at Razzball that you'll get nowhere else. <laughs> wild
1: speculation about the Kendall Jenner effect um, on Ben Simmons. Weird.
0: You know, if this if this turns out to be true, I'm gonna fucking die laughing. I'm gonna die laughing. <laughs>
1: That's gonna be the funniest well, thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> then, then we'll have uh we'll have our like modified projections for ben simmons now going forward you well, know like it'll be another wrinkle in the process no, like, how, no definitely. Ben, how's your love life yeah, you know? no i'm gonna
0: have to incorporate the tmz column you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> i just don't know how how much I I, I I should rate it but you know with this uh circumstantial evidence now it seems like the weighting has to be pretty high um one would think yeah you know? one would think yeah
1: <laughs> although uh Book just fucking cooked last night. He He had like forty five against the He's he's so nasty, dude. He's uh, so good. It's all I like uh, with Booker. It's all like goofy shit too. It's like wrong footed, leaning, catching you on like off balance. Like I um I didn't. I only drafted one share of Devin Booker for reasons I'm not entirely sure of, but like, and I wasn't stoked about it when I did. And I'm just like, he's such a good offensive player that like, I think, you know, thinking about like, uh, drafting the team that you want to have. Like, I think I should have drafted more of, uh, Devin Booker. Cause like, I just would have gotten more joy out of watching him work. And like that guy fucking works, man. I, he's great. You know,
0: I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying my, my Devin Booker time. I used to love watching the, uh, I forget which year. Um, but the old uh, usa basketball uh, practice videos when they do the king of the court mm. man you know booker i mean <laughs> he was nasty obviously most of them. i mean that's why like you know bam uh, you watch bam now, obviously KD was like uh, freaking amazing but you know bam was getting busy too yeah, of and course. that's why i always have you know, this uh, offensive expectations for Bam, because I just see, you know, what he does in those situations and stuff like that, but yeah, Booker, I mean, it's crazy, right, because in those king of the court type stuff, it's basically like mid post post type stuff, it's not like you're on the perimeter and you're breaking guys down, really, you know, you're, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're in the triple threat position, right, and like the dudes right there, I mean, he's got KD guarding him, you know, he's got those guys and he's still like getting buckets, like, yeah, it's it's nasty. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun watching that. It's uh it's very good. Thank you very much, Joel, for letting me uh with the Ben Simmons, you know. <laughs> the ben Simmons we did it, I, I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate of you of course. Of <laughs> um, course. All right, let, you know, let's end it there. Uh, I think, you know, we can save a lot of these topics for, for next time. But um nah man. It's always uh always enjoyable talking hoops with you. Everybody check out um Joel's therapy article up on (laughs) Razzle. The hell did we learn? It's a, you know, good, good J.K. Simmons uh, plug too. No, it's good. uh, I, I love it. I love it. Like those are the, honestly, like those are, like, those are the best pieces, right? Because, um, you learn a lot. You learn a lot from those pieces, right? And I, you know, like I said, I think you did a good job with, you know, not only kind of like, um, showing us like how you feel and how you felt and how you thought but like you also said like you know which players you passed over or you know kind of like alluding to certain different paths that you could have taken right and you know it's kind of like the choose your own adventure stuff and you know books and so yeah. I, I thought it was really cool man so but anyways always a pleasure thank you thank, thank you. you sir well, it's good good hanging out yeah, until next we'll see you next week next week man later take care